probably at some point there will be a, a confidence motion that won't pass uh, rather than uh, a pulling of the plug as this is. And then we'll wind up with uh, another election to see what happens then. But uh, as of now, uh, I've said what I've said. There are other people with other opinions. I suspect I've got one of them on the line. Her name is Kim Wright. We speak oftentimes on panels, Kim, but uh, you've got me one-to-one. You're the principal at Wright Strategies, and you have opinions on this election. You like it? I, I don't. I think it's unnecessary. I think it's an ego trip. I think it is, given what is happening with the Delta variant being five times more spreadable than even the OG uh, COVID, you also, you know, listeners will know what's happening in Afghanistan, basically where it has fallen. Uh, and the prime minister hasn't done a great job of getting Canadians and those who have helped Canada out. Uh, there's lots of things that are problematic in Canada, things that need governing. Uh, he's got, you know, opposition parties who've said we're willing to work with them uh, to, you know, figure out vaccine passports and air travel and and all of those things that are still left on the agenda to help people. But no, this is nothing but an ego trip, but we are certainly going to go to the polls. There's no question. Yeah, I guess that's true. And and you know what I depend on people like yourself for? I mean, I'm I'm skilled enough in politics, but this is what you do every day. And um, I, I think there are a lot of listeners out there who are wondering, and maybe you can just help with the explanation, what's to be gained, what's to be lost? So what is to be gained from the prime minister's perspective? He wants that elusive majority government back. Um, not that he did a whole heck of a lot with it in that first uh, first five years where he had a majority government, but he he wants it, and uh, so he's gonna he's gonna move forward on it. Um, it, will it will we finally get daycare across the country? You know, in 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 my lifetime, I hope so. Will we finally get pharmacare? Hope so. Uh, but you know, there's no guarantees on any of this being just more electioneering. Um, so there's lots to be gained in terms of electoral gains. But I also don't think uh, you know the the electoral math is as as strong as the prime minister wants to believe it is. Uh, and you know when we look at places like Quebec, or places across Ontario, even what's happening in Atlantic Canada, people are not. You know, people never like an election campaign, Peter. You and I have been around politics long enough to know nobody wants a campaign. But when it is so clearly ego driven and there are logistics like where is somebody going to go vote? How are you going to manage polling stations? All of those technical things, plus people, you know, zip zipping across the country. You know, what does that mean for, uh, you know, for potential spread of COVID? So there's there's way too much that he could that the prime minister could lose, uh, you know, and and how that sets the table for the next parliament. As your as your listener asked the question, you know, it'll also set up potentially either a new minority government or, frankly, a new leadership race uh, if he doesn't get that that majority government. True. And I'm wondering about this. Anything's possible. We're going to have a thousand stories to tell, maybe more, between now and Election Day. And uh, it's the stuff that talk radio is made of. So from my perspective, I don't mind being one of the people who tells the story. And I don't mind having somebody like yourself along to uh, help with the narrative. But I'm I'm wondering if, if the, this... This is really what, what we would have to term an early election call. Can it backfire? Absolutely, it can. Uh, people who are just coming at this for for no reason. There isn't a, a national 
uh, narrative of why we need to go to the polls. In fact, given the fact that we're still in the throes of COVID and the pandemic, uh, and you've got willing op- uh, you know, opposition leaders willing to figure out a legislative agenda, there is no reason for this. There isn't a call to action. This is really just an ego trip. And, and, I, and I can't stress that enough. And what we're looking at is you know, creating these sort of opportunities for super spreader events. And that's not to try to be alarmist, but it's it's how campaigns are having to completely rethink how they would normally uh, do rallies, how they would normally go out in Main Street. How do they engage with people when when people are still a little afraid and and rightfully so about how do they how do they engage? One of the things that we've seen in Jagmeet Singh and the New Democrats have already said that anybody who's on the campaign uh, tour, uh, either staffing or from a media perspective, have to be double vaccinated plus two weeks. Uh, so making sure that you're 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 keeping people as safe as possible. But this could absolutely backfire, and there's always a chance that something can go catastrophically wrong uh, during a campaign. Uh, listeners will remember uh, during uh, Prime Minister Harper's last campaign, uh, there was a situation where a dead child washed up ashore. Yeah. Uh, that completely changed the conversation about foreign policy. And I have to imagine that what's happening right now uh, in, in Afghanistan is certainly going to change some of those conversations as well. There are so many ifs. So give me this. What do opposition parties, you alluded to uh, Jagmeet Singh, there's there's uh, the Aaron O'Toole camp of the um, Conservative Party of Canada. What do these people need to do to actually cut into what is a perceived lead by Trudeau? Not perceived, it's in the polls. So they need to start off that campaign on Thursday, or sorry, on Sunday. Uh, some of them have already started this, but uh, starting off that campaign of who they are to Canadians, because many people don't really know who they these people are. Tell them why they want to lead this country and why they want to be a G7 leader and how they'll be different. Uh, those are the kinds of things that that narrative, what they say on Sunday at that press conference right after as the campaign buses are getting ready to roll out, will be the thing that Canadians hear, in, in some cases, the first time Canadians have heard from, from these leaders. Uh, seeing what they want to do, seeing how they can be different. And even in the case of, you know, Jagmeet Singh, yes, this is his second time as leader, but as he said in his conference yesterday, uh, you know, maybe some people took a look at him on the menu last time and said, maybe not, uh, but, you know, we always have that buyer's remorse, uh, that diner's remorse, and now they're they're taking a look at it with this new lens of what we've all been through since the pandemic and what matters to us and you know, our faith in institutions, in governments, and in, in our social safety net, frankly, has, has faltered. And I think we need to figure out who we are as Canada. And, and that's what the leaders have that opportunity to do. Now, in terms of the Green Party, you know, whether or not they're still going to go through their leadership uh, convention, you know, a week into the campaign, how that will unfold, that's a different storyline altogether. Um, but certainly- yeah, It's called self-destruct. Absolutely. Uh, it, it certainly would, it's not what I would advise them to be doing right now, but they, uh, that's, you gotta that's do what bed. you gotta do. <laughs> they're bed to lie in. <laughs> indeed, indeed. It's going to be a very, you can see just by listening to your narrative, and uh, th- this is going to be quite a time the next uh, 40 days or so that we have to spend. It doesn't sound like a long time. And when we look back on it at the end, it won't have been a long time, but it's going to contain an awful lot. Kim, thanks so much for your time today. 
Thanks so much. And yeah, buckle up. We'll, uh, we're, we're getting into this for sure. Absolutely. Good weekend. That's Kim Wright, Principal at Wright Strategies. And uh, we'll hear from another perspective, uh, somebody in the same business, by way of Jamie Elderton, around 2.30. He's the Principal at Canaptus Public Relations. He's a political strategist, so there you have it. And uh, at 2.05, we'll be talking about long-term care, vaccines, air conditioning, and the heat wave with Harry Spindell, a member of the Seniors for Social Action Ontario. I am Peter Sherman. This is Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.